0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Call to the Bullpen. I'm David Payne with Brad Zampar and Jimmy Miller. Let's play ball. Today we're going to get into the World Baseball Classic, starting this week, first time since 2017 that we're seeing them run the most prestigious international baseball tournament. Pretty cool. We just had the World Cup this year. Now we're going to have the World Baseball Classic. Um, We missed it because of the pandemic, and I'm super, super excited because the last one was... uh, It was awesome. Uh, One of my favorite baseball moments ever is... Adam Jones jumping up and Robin Manny Machado from a home run, especially, you know, that hit home for Brad and I both being Orioles guys. But before we get into the WBC, we're going to do the chatting cage and talk a little bit about spring training so far. I mean, one of the unfortunate things about spring training is that you're, you're playing real baseball games and guys are going to get hurt. And that you know, takes a toll on the regular season. Uh, and this year, it's taking a toll on the WBC too. Um, so you know, first up, we've got Vlad Jr., who's going to be missing the WBC. Big blow to the Dominican team, really. I think that this does impact, you know, they were kind of neck and neck with the U.S. And now not sure how I feel about the first base now having two elite first basemen on the U.S. team um, and then the, the DR losing Vlad Jr. Um, we've got Joe Musgrove with a fractured big toe. We've got Andrew Painter, who was poised to come up and, and have a big year for uh, Philadelphia there with some elbow tenderness. Glass now injured again. Glass elbow, we've been calling him. Uh, Gavin Lux is the, the real big one. Torn ACL out for the year and on a really kind of sucky situation where he's just trying to avoid a throw uh, and takes a wrong step. You got Seiya Suzuki, uh, questionable for opening day with an oblique strain. And I believe he was another one who was going to be playing in the WBC who's going to have to miss. Um, and Brendan Rodgers, dislocated shoulder, likely out for the year um, today. We had Justin Turner get hit in the face by a pitch. Um, so spring training has taken its toll on some of these players and some of these teams. Which of these injuries do you guys see being the most impactful on their teams? Um, I'd say probably
1: Gavin Lux. I mean, you, you consider the fact that they did lose Trey Turner uh, to the Phillies. You know, I, I think they were kind of relying on a guy like Lux to. I mean, he's kind of last year he made a big step up from where he was. A lot of people thought he was kind of a bust. Um, But I think Lux, lo- losing Lux is really big for the Dodgers. You know, I mean, now they're going to have to have, you know, Chris Taylor definitely is going to have to play shortstop. Uh, Mookie's probably going to have to play some second base. He, there's going to be a lot of jumbling of positions around there. They're going to have to rely on young guys more than ever now. So I, I think it puts their uh, record and maybe even their division in, in jeopardy now, considering how good the Padres are.
2: Yeah, I definitely think Lux is one of the two main injuries, but my big one I think that is going to affect the whole team, it's going to be the trickle-down effect. We kind of saw it last year. It's Tyler Glass now. Uh, What he does in Tampa Bay is uh, really a main part of them being able to use arms like they do because usually they have one or two, maybe three workhorses in that rotation, and then they just piece piece guys together throughout the year. And that's not really what they had last year. And obviously they had an underwhelming year, didn't do what the Rays' way is supposed to go down. I mean, you had McClanahan, but outside of that, it was, it was rather bleak and they're going to miss him to start this year. And you can't really trust him to come back and be that impactful guy that he's been in the past.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that Brendan Rogers going down takes the Rockies from world series favorites to, to out of it. No, I'm kidding. The Rockies suck, but, uh, I mean, Vlad Jr. is probably going to come back pretty quickly. I, I guess I, I think that Lux is one that you know. Jimmy mentioned Mookie's going to play some second base, and that's a, a pretty darn good replacement there that you're going to have coming in at second. So uh, maybe Glassnow is the one that's going to affect the team more. Uh, but I think that Lux going out actually changed. I've been kind of you know we're going to do an episode where we go over our awards picks, and Lux going out actually changed one of my awards picks. Because Jason Hayward's going to see a whole lot more time in the outfield now. So keep an eye out for my Jay Hay comeback player of the year pick. Uh, Because I think that he's going to be a big part of that Dodgers, which has actually become kind of a weak Dodgers outfield now. Um, So keep an eye out for that because that pick is coming. Um, But Brad, you wanted to give us a a little tidbit here about Miguel Vargas. Uh, You know, We've talked about uh, what would Barry Bonds look like in 2004 if he never swung a bat. Um, and we're getting a look at a ball player who can't swing a bat. So tell us what's going on here.
2: All right. So Miguel Vargas, over the winter, he broke a bone in his hand. I don't, I don't know the specific bone, but they're allowing him to play the field, and he can still make throws. He can do all the stretches, do everything like that. But they don't want him swinging a bat. So they're sending up there in the nine hole every day when he's playing. <laughs> he's just getting his timing. And he's, he's been walking, guys. Guys are knowing that he is in that box and he can't swing the bat, but they can't throw him strikes. So there was this one stat from, what was it, Codify Baseball. Uh, it was three days ago, so he might have added to this. But 1,160 1, guys have taken a spring training plate appearance this year, and only three of them have walked more than Miguel Vargas has so far. So it's it's kind of crazy that this guy is in the lineup teams know that he can't swing and yet he's still walking
0: i don't know what that says about these pitchers that they can't just put the ball right over the middle Tim, it's it's essentially a, a like a bullpen when he's he's
2: up there did you, did you see what zach Granke did to him no what happened if, if you look it up zach Granke faced him so the like the first two pitches he was humming balls you could hear him like doing his grunt and doing the whole thing it got it to o2 and then he started throwing balls up there like 50 miles an hour.
0: <laughs> That's a very Zach Granky thing to do. I would expect nothing else from him. Uh, but that the super, super interesting that it's important for him to get up there, right? Even though he can't swing because of this pitch clock. Maybe in a normal year, you know, they wait until the last couple spring training games or have him do some live things on the practice fields with some of the minor leaguers or something to get that timing down. But right now it's so important to just be getting in that box and getting a feel for what that 15, 20 seconds feels like. And, you know, we're still seeing, you know, a week, two weeks into these games, we're still seeing, uh, you know, I was watching the Orioles game today and there must have been four pitch clock violations. We're still seeing constant pitch clock violations. So definitely important to be getting those, you know, just getting a feel for being in the box this year. But now we can hop over to the World Baseball Classic, which is kicking off on Tuesday this week, Um, and first off, let's go with our picks to win the whole thing. Let's start off hot, um, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, betray my country, and I'm gonna take the DR. I think that the US won the last one, um, but I I see lots of question marks on the the pitching side. Uh, So um, I'm gonna take the DR, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about why and what these teams bring to the table, but my pick to win it all is the DR.
1: I'm going uh, Team USA, kind of staying in, in, you know, the country. But, I don't know, I just love that offense. I, I think you look at the firepower of that offense. You have guys, uh, like you said, two elite first basemen um, in Goldie and Alonzo, right? Like, those two guys can play, you know, one, one can DH, one can play first. You ha- you see that all around uh, the infield and outfield. The guys are going to be backups that are, you know, all-stars uh, on their normal MLB team. So, um, I really think the USA is going to win. Like you said, the pitching is... Uh, it might struggle a bit, but I think the offense has what it takes to uh, kind of shadow that lack of pitching.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to go with either of those choices. Something that I learned when I started watching Little League World, the Little League World Series was that Japan is always there to stick around and somehow win, win the championship. Uh, they've won this thing twice. They know how to do it. They're guys that play for the country more than any other country, and I feel like they'll be able to get the job done this year.
0: Yeah. And these are the three like clear cut best teams, I would say too. Like there's, there's a, a decent gap after these three teams They're three elite squads. Um, and I like that we're all going three different directions with this. Uh, it's ironic that the guy wearing the Japan jerseys, not the one that picked Japan, but that's pretty cool. Um, so now we, we named our favorites, but how about a sleeper team? Um, and I'm going to kick it off with a team that's maybe not as much of a sleeper as ones that you guys will throw out. Um, but I feel like Venezuela is a team that is right on the cusp of being one of those top elite teams. So it's looking at this roster, you got guys like Sal Perez behind the plate um, with Robinson Trenos and Omar Narvaez as backups. And then you go to the infield and you've got Altuve, you've got Luis Arias, you've got Miggy, of course, as like the veteran leader there. Although I I doubt he's going to see a majority of the playing time when you've got guys like Eddie Escobar, Andres Jimenez, Miguel Rojas, Eugenio Suarez, Kleber Torres in the infield. That's a stacked infield. That infield rivals the U.S. It rivals the D.R. Um, then the, the outfield, you got Ronnie Acuna, David Peralta, uh, and Tony Taters, Anthony Santander, an Orioles favorite. Uh, and then on the pitching side, you got guys like Pablo Lopez, Darwinson Hernandez, um, there, Martin Perez, um, Jesus Lizardo, uh, it's it's a stacked team that kind of flies under the radar. You talk about these, you know, other teams as being the big three. This is no, no, not a shabby team at all. This team can very well beat any of the three teams that we mentioned. Um, so while the DR is my pick, um, I think Venezuela's got a shot, um, and I would say probably the best shot outside of um, the the three teams that we mentioned, but in the power rankings that I've seen, I haven't seen Venezuela getting that kind of love. I've seen teams like Puerto Rico, Cuba uh, above them. So shout out to Venezuela. Uh, who do you guys got?
1: Yeah, I kind of took it in a different direction, kind of thinking about teams that, you know, they might, they're probably not going to be, um, you know, in contention to really win it all. Uh, but teams that could just make it past that, you know, initial pool round uh, this team hasn't made it past the pool play or the group play since 2009. I'm looking at Team Mexico. I like the starting pitching a lot. When you think about Julio Urias, uh, Taiwan Walker, Jose Arquidi, kind of an under the radar uh, Astros pitcher, I really like him a lot. As well as a uh, you know a nice lefty in Patrick Sandoval um, for the Angels. You know you have uh, Giovanni Gallegos, who's a you know a good reliever for the Cardinals. Across the infield, it's kind of bleak, but you have uh, Joey Meneses, uh, who did very well last year. Uh, kind of an older player uh, for the Nationals. Uh, Raddy Tellez. Uh, and across the outfield, you have Randy Rosarina. We all know that, you know, he's a guy that shines when the moments, you know, the bigger the moment, the more he shines in the Rosarina. Uh, some younger guys in Jaron Duran, uh, Alec Thomas, and Alex Verdugo, uh, you know, he could definitely step up. You know, he's an exciting guy. You know, when you think about Rosarina and Verdugo, guys with a lot of flair, both like the big moment. So I think that they could definitely make it past that uh, pool play. And, you know, like I said, they're probably not going to win it all or have a chance to, but. You know, as long as you just make it past that pool round, show, you know, your prowess and at least put up a fight. And
0: I think Mexico will do that. I tell you what, too, they have like sleeper uniforms. Their uniforms are fire, like consistent fire every single year. I love how, you know, the whole country embraces the color scheme. You'll see some of these, uh, you know, countries that have, um, for example, Japan wears like navy blue and gold. Um, They don't wear like the team flag or any of that. But every year, Little League World Series, you see Mexico sporting the, the red and green. WBC team looks fire um so even if they you know don't go and win the whole thing they're gonna look good while they they do whatever they do but who you got Brad All
2: right, so my team would be lucky if they even get out of the first round but I think they'll at least clinch a berth in the WBC for 2026 which is you have to finish third I think you have to finish third in your um pool to guarantee um uh, in the future WBC appearances. So it's going to be Chinese Taipei. They're in Pool A. It's not a very strong division or pool, I'm used to saying divisions, but uh, it, they're also at home. Like they're going to be hosting this opening round, and their whole roster is mostly compiled of the whole Chinese Baseball League. So it is all the stars of all the Chinese Baseball League. It's all the top guys from that league. They're only major league guy that has seen major league time on the roster is Yu chang who's obviously he's had a few cup of coffees with um, the guardians and the red Sox, but nothing other than that they have a few minor leaguers and minor league systems but i think them being at home because they're gonna have that home crowd rooting for them a weaker pull i think there's an outside chance that they could somehow get above the competition and pull that. yeah
0: that's an interesting one too because china has two two teams You've got the Chinese team and then the Chinese Taipei team, so it's kind of similar to you know having the U.S. and Puerto Rico, where uh, when you had that championship game, you had two shots at the U.S. winning technically, but uh, it will be interesting to see like the, the you know who makes it further, Taipei or the the China team. I think is, is something that's really interesting. See, the China,
2: the China team hasn't um, been organized since twenty nineteen, so they're showing up. Um, like I think they showed up last week, and that was their first time like playing organized baseball together. That's that's interesting, and that's
0: actually a team that that's pretty similar to that. That I'd like to point out is the Czech Republic, who I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but like these are quite literally like science teachers and electricians, <laughs> and like this is like the major leagues when Babe Ruth played. They just, guys just have day jobs, and then they're showing up to the ballpark in the biggest stage in the world. Like your high school English teacher is going to face Shohei Otani, and that's crazy uh that's a super super fun team that i'm looking forward to watching although um i i can't imagine they're going to be great Um, but i saw somebody on on twitter was complaining about uh, manny machado's contract and they were like if if manny machado can get paid 350 million dollars to play baseball why can't teachers and someone quoted it and said tell me when teachers can do this and it was the play of manny at yankee stadium where he kind of bobbles the ball in foul territory and slings it across probably the greatest play i've ever seen um, but then someone quoted that quote tweet and was like, just wait till you watch the Czech Republic play. Cause that's literally what it is. It's just bankers playing baseball. It's pretty sick. Um, so let's, let's go pool by pool. Um, two teams make it out of each pool in the first round. Um, so starting with pool A, uh, which has Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Who do we see coming out of this pool?
1: Brad, you want to go first? I, I, I got to think about this one. This is kind of a you kind it's of not a on this pool. Board.
2: all right. So, out of, out of pool A, I'm going to have the Netherlands coming out of it, and I'm going to have Chinese Taipei coming out of it.
0: Okay, I think I that's mean, the cool. Netherlands,
2: the Netherlands kind of uh, they're not really a team of stars, but they're a team of veterans who know how to play the game. So I feel like that's going to factor into them advancing. And then Chinese Taipei, obviously, I just gave my whole rant about them.
0: (laughs) I think Netherlands always has a good team. Uh, I think Italy's got a good team this year. Um, But I'm going to take – Cuba's interesting. This is the first year that uh, defectors can play for Cuba. So if you left Cuba previously, you could not play for the Cuban team. Um, So now major leaguers who are from Cuba can play for Cuba. So I'm going to take Cuba, and I'm going to take the Netherlands out of Pool A.
1: Yeah, no, I, I saw that Brandon Nimmo decided not to play uh, for Team Italy this year. And I'm a huge Nimmo fan, so just for that alone, I don't have them moving on. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take the Netherlands. Um, and I don't know. I kind of like the uh, Chinese Taipei that, you know, Brad kind of convinced me a little bit there.
0: <laughs> well, I, I like that you're making spite picks um, because Nimmo's not playing. I like that. <laughs> now we'll go to Pool B uh, in which we've got – let's see, who is in Pool B?
1: USA, yes, Mexico, this is, this is, Great no,
0: Britain. Pool, that's pool. That's not. That's pool C. Oh, okay. Pool B. We've got <laughs> China. We've got Japan, Korea, Australia, and the Czech Republic. To me, this one's a no-brainer. It's gonna be Korea and Japan that that make it out of pool B.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. I even if they don't have Say Suzuki, I mean, Otani's gonna do what Otani does. You know, I I think he's definitely gonna leave uh, Japan to maybe even win the whole thing. Honestly, I. I really do think that they could uh, win it all.
2: Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty clear cut that it'll be Japan and uh, Korea advancing.
0: Yeah, so now we can go to Pool C, uh, in which you have the USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. Um, and I feel like we're all going to be in agreement again here that we're going to have the USA um, and Mexico come out of this one. But I, I'm just going to say don't sleep on Colombia, though. Um, I think that Colombia puts together a, a pretty respectable team um, and, and, you know, when you're playing teams like Great Britain and Canada, um, maybe they, they come out with a little – a few more wins than we think here. So I'll take the USA and Mexico, but I'm going to say watch Colombia.
1: Yeah, I think the USA is pretty much a given. Like I said before, Mexico, I think, you know, they have a really good shot of making it, you know, out of pool play. They haven't done that, as I said before, since uh, the 2009 WBC. So, yeah, I'll go USA and Mexico.
2: Now, I know we we haven't started our full podcast yet, but – I'm going to be placing a futures on Mexico to win the pool. And um, it's not going to be that USA is going to not win the whole thing per se. I'd feel more confident with them, but I think that Mexico might just sneak by and win the pool.
0: Oh, that's bold. I like that. That's very bold. And borderline trees in <laughs> um, Now we're going to do the final pool pool D and this is, uh, this, this is a stacked pool you've got Puerto Rico, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. Israel puts together a sleepy good team every year. You don't realize how how many players actually are like are Jewish. You you don't realize that until you see guys um just popping up on the roster. It's like it's like when you don't realize that Lars Newtbar um is is Korean. Like you're Did you did Chinese you see school. going
2: back to Lars? Did you see his I mean, um in the huddle when he was talking,
0: Tommy <laughs> Edmund too.
2: Oh, yeah. Hello.
0: Is here. yeah who's who? who was that me?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, that that was you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Lars, <laughs> frozen, well, kind of saying about Lars. All right. So Lars, he was um, in like the team huddle and they just started talking Korean. And um, he asked his translator, like, what were they saying? Like, can you, can you translate for me? And he goes, I don't know what the they were saying. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the WBC is
0: always good for like not realizing where certain players, uh, their heritage is from and then finding that out. It's super, super cool to see guys like Tommy Edmund, who, and, you, know, you could see it like, you know, when you hear it and then you look at them, you're know, like, okay, I see it. But, you know, you would never think that like, oh, Tommy Edmonds going to be playing for Japan. Um, we, also, the, the, I believe the first, this year we have the first Cuban players who are defectors. We also have the first Japanese and Korean players on the national teams that aren't natural born citizens. Uh, which is really interesting. You've only had Japanese-born and Korean-born players on the teams before. Uh, So having American-born citizens on those uh, teams is pretty sick. Um, But I've got – it's tough because I took Venezuela as a sleeper, but I know that Puerto Rico is very, very good. Obviously, I'm taking the DR out of it, and I guess I will stay true to my sleeper pick and take Venezuela as my second team out of Pool D with, with low confidence.
1: Yeah, I'll go DR and I'll also go with uh, Puerto Rico. You know, considering how you, know, you have Lindor, and then you get the ball to Diaz. You know, in the last inning, I, that's good, really going to be fun to see. I wonder if they have that light show for, or not the light show, uh, but Narco. Timmy trumpet. Yeah, Timmy trumpet going out uh, on the world stage. That that'd be pretty cool. So I, I think that um, you know get the ball to him, just find a lead, uh, get the ball to him in the ninth, and you'll be you'll be set. So I'll go DR and P R.
2: Yeah, I'm going with Dominican, and I'm going with Venezuela. I feel like Venezuela, like you've been saying, is they've got the pieces this year to, to do a little uh, a little shocking. Yeah,
0: I think they're going to make noise. So um, that's who we got all coming out of the first pool. Obviously, at the end of the first pool, we're going to run it by um, with the, the quarterfinals, and who we think is going to make it out of that. Um, but before we end this episode, I'm asking for one player to watch. Um, throughout this tournament. So who do you guys got?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Francisco Lindor. I guess it's kind of an obvious pick, but uh, he's steadily improving um, as a Met, right? His first year as a Met wasn't very good. He definitely had a better year last year. I think that if he could have a big WBC, uh, it could really get his confidence up going uh, into the 2023 uh, MLB season.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's a no-brainer. If you watch this just as a baseball fan, it's Rokai Sakai. Uh, he's the starting pitcher for Japan. He's 21 years old. He is just disgusting. It's He's not eligible to come to the U.S. until um, after the 2026 season, so 2017 or 2027 opening day roster he could be on. But what he does as a 21-year-old, he threw that 19 – 19 strikeout perfect game when he was 19 years old. Uh, Just seeing him on the national stage is going to be really interesting to see.
0: Yeah, and I'm also going to go with uh, a Japanese pitcher. Um, Even younger, though, it's Hiroto Takahashi. Uh, He's 20 years old. He posted a 2.47 ERA last year in the Nippon Professional Baseball League as a 19-year-old for most of the season. Um, He had 134 strikeouts, 10.34 strikeouts per game. Uh, which was second among all qualified pitchers in the MPB. Um, so obviously a, another guy who's not going to be eligible to come here for a while, but somebody that we're going to be hearing about in the future. Um, so a, a pair of pitchers there uh, for team Japan to keep an eye on. Um, so that wraps up this episode of call to the bullpen. We're going to do a world baseball classic power rankings that are going to be dropping alongside this episode. And we're going to keep updating those. We're going to keep coming back here. Um, And, you know, making predictions throughout this thing. Um, But before we go, we do have one update from last episode, um, which was that we were wondering if the WBC is going to have uh, pitch clock and shift limits. And the answer to that is no, there's not going to be a pitch clock. There's not going to be shift limits. um, So we're going to have to see the consequences of guys, you know, going over there, playing those games with no pitch clock, and then coming back with a week or so until opening day. Um, So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, But that wraps up season three, episode two. Um, And I'm really looking forward to this world baseball classic. I know you guys are too. Uh, For more, follow us on socials at CTBP pod. And we'll see you all next week with another episode.